This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. It's Tuesday, so it's the big picture with Investec Asset Management. This week we speak to the head of multi-asset income and Investec Asset Management in London. We're going to talk about selectivity, selectivity being the key, and 2018 investment views with John Stopford. Uh, John, a quick look back at 2017. I think we can indulge ourselves in that regard, even though it's not even December yet. A year that promised much volatility from a broadcasting point of view and lots of action from a broadcasting point of view. But apart from a lot of politics, I think it's been a slow grind to the upside for most markets. And that doesn't make for good radio, but very good for asset managers like yourself. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it was a sort of surprising year in some ways in terms of, you know, just how quiescent it was. So we had lots of noise coming in with Donald Trump and, and so forth and fears of China, etc. But actually, as you say, it was it was a sort of low volatility upward grind for most markets. Good. Well, 2018, I hope, will be the same with a couple of wobbles here and there, which always keep us awake. But what are the key themes for 2018 likely to be? It's a, it's a corny sort of question at this time of the year, but we have to indulge ourselves again. The second indulgence. What do you think? Well, I, I think there's a chance that it, it may start off with more of the same. So certainly the, the sort of economic momentum and, and the sort of synchronized nature of the global recovery still remains intact. And that's, I think, been the key driver of markets this year. But as our sort of the title of our annual review or annual outlook suggests, we think it's going to get more tricky and, and investors need to apply an element of, of, of selectivity. We're definitely in a market that's somewhat long in the tooth. Looking ahead, I think not necessarily in the short term, but in the medium term, you know, the risks are beginning to build that, you know, the cycle will come to an end, potentially not next year, but the risks will certainly be rising, I think, by the end of the year. We've got a change potentially in policy direction from major central banks beginning to remove policy accommodation. Valuations across a lot of assets look relatively stretched. We're potentially beginning to see some signs of euphoria for the first time in terms of investor sentiment. So there are definitely straws in the wind that I think, you know, we're entering a more dangerous, more difficult time and, and potentially volatility starts to pick up. And certainly, you know, it's, it's less a story of just buying market beta, I think, and beginning to look for where there's still value, where opportunities are aligned to a sort of positive economic backdrop and, and maybe where investors aren't overly exposed. So all of those areas potentially offer better prospects than just being long the market as, as maybe has been the right thing to be over, over recent times. When I speak to CEOs or to economists about either their, the CEO's results or the macroeconomic data of the day when it comes to the economist chat, uh, I say to myself, say to them rather, well, this has come off a low base. And we did come off a very, very low base after the global financial uh, crisis. But having come off a low base, we've gone to new highs when it comes to the equity markets, certainly. And the bond markets have also been stellar in their performances. Do you think that that can be sustained next year? Do you think the recovery can be sustained and also so the synchronicity of global domestic product or gross domestic product globally. Do you think these things, they've gone too far and the worst that can happen is that there's a, a crash and a correction or the best that can happen is perhaps there's a plateau or even just a, a slight rise? 
compared to the fairly chunky rises we've been used to? Well, I, I think actually we're in, in a sort of late cycle period. I, I think there is probably as much a risk of, of melt up as melt down. So, mm. you know, if we do get into a, an episode where it's a sort of momentum market that continues, particularly as, you know, a lot of the buying of, of equities and other assets in recent times has been driven by sort of passive money, and that's less concerned by valuations and, and more sort of momentum chasing, then, you know, it, I think there's still a chance that this thing could end with a proper blow off. Valuation alone doesn't tend to be a catalyst to cause a market uh, crash or market end. I mean, typically, you need some combination of a move to sort of economic recession and a sort of prolonged period of policy tightening. And recession risks, we think, are low in the next six to 12 months, but rising thereafter. Policy tightening is just maybe starting to get going and will be more of a, a challenge for markets maybe in the second half of next year. So, you know, I think with the kind of momentum we're seeing in growth in earnings, actually, maybe there's still, you know, some reasonable upside to be had in markets. But I think the risks are getting greater. And we've had such a sort of suppressed level of market volatility, it would be surprising if volatility doesn't pick up, as it tends to do late cycles. So I think it could be a bit of an exciting ride. Yes, it might be an exciting ride. So how do you how do you handle the vehicle that is driving that ride? How do you navigate a mature bull market? On the one hand, you're saying there could be a melt up. On the other hand, you're saying we're late cycle. So it must be very difficult for you. And I'm not being patronizing here, but there's two factors to, you know, to, to, to consider every time you sit down at your desk. Well, that's true. But I think, uh, as we said, I mean, typically, if, if we don't think the cycle is quite over, Typically, you know, the, a bull market ends, let's say, around six months before the onset of the next recession. If we don't think that's imminent, it's probably soon to sort of capitulate and become ultra defensive. So I think you want to keep some skin in the game, but I think you need to be be more selective. You need to recognize that the sort of risk versus return has deteriorated with valuations. And so, you know, running a less exposed, less sort of market positive overall position makes sense, but with with some exposure. And, and at this stage in the cycle, it looks like equities are the best way to play that. Credit and you know high yield and, and, and corporate bonds are priced for perfection. They tend to sell off earlier before the end of the cycle than equity anyway. So we would want to have relatively little of that. And we'd want to have plenty of positions that can provide defense if the market turns down more quickly. So, you know, some exposure to sort of medium to longer dated government bonds, which aren't going to be too hurt, we would argue, by, you know, Fed tightening, particularly if they're in economies that are slightly out of sync, let's say like Australia or maybe Canada. Positions in things like the yen, which looks a pretty cheap currency, but offers crash protection, given its sort of naturally defensive nature, if markets sell off and, and so on. So it's about building a portfolio of uh, a range of different positions, individual securities, but ultimately a combination that gives you diversification and gives you offsets if the environment deteriorates. And finally, I guess I'd say that, um, you know, clearly there's definitely room for a correction along the way. So even if we don't think we've quite got to the end of this bull market, you know, you are at a point where you haven't had a, a decent equity market correction for a while. So, you know, you want to keep maybe some powder dry, given that that's a reasonable probability. If we think the bull market isn't over, it's still probably a buying opportunity. It's not, you know, likely at this stage, we think, to be the, the beginning of the next bear. So, you know, having some opportunity to add a little bit of risk into a sell-off. So you want to run less risk than you've been running 
throughout and just uh, try and navigate what we think will be a, a somewhat trickier environment. Sounds very tricky to me. Am I sensing also that you should be positioned more defensively at this stage of the cycle than you might be at an earlier or in the early stages or in the middle of the cycle? Definitely. And I guess one other thing maybe worth mentioning is actually one way of participating if we do get a melt up or a, a strong end to the bull market is via options. So the, the, the attractive thing about buying, for example, call options on equity as opposed to just having lots of long equity positions is they'll do well if, if you do get uh, equity market strength, but it means you're not participating in equity market weakness. And, and the attraction at the moment is, despite all the concerns that people have, not least some of the things I've, I've mentioned, actually the price of options is about as cheap as they have ever been because for some reason investors are not paying up for the risk insurance that options provide. So that's one way of, of keeping some exposure to markets but in a way that's skewed positively. So you benefit from market strength, but you're not so much hurt by market weakness. And finally, is there value out there? And if you could just quickly summarise what areas of value you are seeing, if any. Well, I think there's still some value across sort of the emerging market complex. Obviously, it's recovered quite strongly post the sort of sell-off between 2012 and early 16. But so are the fundamentals, and I, we don't think valuations have quite matched that. So you've seen obviously stronger commodity prices, stronger Chinese growth, better balance of payments positions, and that's not fully reflected. Now, you know, there are some idiosyncratic risks that have caused that. We obviously know the problems in South Africa and elsewhere. But generally, I think there's still some money to be made there. I think within equities, if you're selective, we, we like generally some areas of, of financials, still some some areas of tech and some of the sort of cyclical parts of the market, which maybe have, have again lagged the sort of recovery. So, you know, energy and materials. And we're probably less inclined or finding less value in some of the more consumer staples elements of, of the market, uh, um, particularly, you know, given that there are challenges, I think, in a whole range of industries from, you know, technological change and, and changing market uh, buying patterns. So, you know, into the internet and so on. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely, if you look and you look at, at a stock level rather than just focusing on big market indices, there are still things to do, but you do have to be a bit more cautious and a bit more selective. John, thanks so much for your time. That's John Stopford, Head of Multi-Asset Income at Investec Asset Management in London, and that was the big picture. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.